Welcome to Prostate Cancer Uncensored, a podcast produced by Zero, the end of prostate cancer. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Bayer. Today, our guest host is Twisted Sisters JJ French. He's a rocker, an author, and a prostate cancer survivor. In this episode, we talk with Max Wade, also known as Cowboy Max. He's a TikTok influencer, farmer, and prostate cancer survivor based in New Mexico. Max was diagnosed in 2021 at the young age of 46 and now uses his platform with nearly 450,000 followers on TikTok to chronicle his prostate cancer journey and raise awareness for the disease. Welcome. Welcome, Max Wade. Hey, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to, like you, kind of further the message of getting men to kind of grab a hold of this and understand and, and uh, take kind of control of our own, our own destiny, if you will. Yeah, well, look, you know, putting the cultural differences aside, you know, you got you're from New Mexico, I'm from Manhattan and all that stuff. You know, when you get to a certain age, health becomes the overall issue. You know, and it doesn't matter where you are, what country you're in. You know, you, you start having conversations with people and you find out that, um, you know, we're not 20 anymore and things do happen in our lives. And we're going to cover a, a bunch of those. Um, you, you were diagnosed at a young age um, at 46. Um, I started checking for my prostate cancer at a young age because my father died of prostate cancer mm -hmm. and uh, he had undiagnosed prostate cancer. So he, and I saw what the results were of undiagnosed prostate cancer. And as you well know, it ain't, a, it's not a pretty picture. No. Okay. Um, so tell me about what it was like when you were diagnosed at what stage were you diagnosed? What was going through your mind? Well, yeah. So at, I, 40, at 45, so two years ago in 2020, 45, I got a blood test. My PSA levels were elevated. They were high fours, 4.8, 4.9, I think somewhere in there. And my primary doctor at the time said, okay, um, let's, let's not get too alarmed just yet because there could be other reasons why you're, you're elevated like that. So, and which is true. And, and, they, and we need to say, just because you have a high PSA, does not mean prostate cancer. It can mean many things, but you have to start paying attention. It, exactly. I mean, it, it's got to be something now. Now we need to be alerted to it. And and uh, and the doc said, let's give it six months. Let's see what happens. And, uh, and so 2021 rolls around. I go back in. PSA levels have gone to 5.6. And uh, so that started, you know, that started the whole ball rolling at that point. We, you know, I got referred to the urologist. Uh, went to the urologist, had the uh, digital exam, you know, the finger exam. Um, he, he wasn't, he, he didn't feel, he felt some enlargement, uh, but really didn't feel any tumors, anything like that. But Which, by um, the way, let me just say to people listening, that could be an enlarged prostate due to a medical condition, right. not prostate cancer. So just yep. saying. Uh, yeah. and that, that was the same thing that they told me was, right. okay, so we're still early in this process. You have maybe a little bit of an enlarged prostate. It doesn't mean you have cancer. And to, to give you a little heads up of where my mind was at the time is like, I'm scared to death because my dad, he had skin cancer. He had prostate cancer and uh, he survived both of those. He died of colon cancer. So in my mind, I'm going to have cancer, you know, and that's, it's just, that's what's going to be going on. And, and, you know, all along they're assuring me, it doesn't mean you have cancer. But we're going to go to the next step. And the next step was the biopsy. Uh, so we went into the, 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 the 12 core biopsy. 
deal. And um, the results off of that confirmed, yeah, I did have prostate cancer. And we, in that whole process, I was never given a stage, you know, it was run off of the, you know, I guess, I guess through my own research, I was maybe a stage two, but I had a Gleason score of seven, the, the, the more risky seven, the four, three, and that's a complicated thing that goes on there with the Gleason scores that I can't, I don't really know exactly how it works. Other than they said, you're, you're a seven, you're uh, on the higher risk seven. And um, from there, from that diagnosis, then I went to get my, I got the MRI and uh, they confirmed that um, the, the cancer was very concentrated in one quadrant of the prostate, but right up against the wall, uh, which, which, was a, which became even more concerning in the whole process. Because you don't want it to break through. Right. You do not want the cancer to break through the wall because this is where it starts to get really bad. You and that's where I get it contained. That's where my mind was, is in my, I'm just envisioning all of this nasty, these creatures trying to break out, you know, because they're right at the wall. And so mm -hmm. my mind is spinning like they're, they're going to bust out at any minute type of thing. So how much education when you did you start reading about it when you were diagnosed or did you already have a lot of knowledge about prostate cancer beforehand like and how much education did you find yourself having to go into like did you go online to start reading magazines what, 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 were, you, what were you thinking at this point yeah so um you know backing up to my dad a little bit you know, in in his later stages of of his you know, losing battle with uh, colon cancer uh one of the things he had told me is he said you know don't do what I did. He said, go to the doctor and go get checked. You know, that's, we, we taught, we hear this all the time. Men are just not prone to going to the doctor too prideful, whatever it is, especially when it comes to things around the prostate and anywhere around there, we don't want to deal with that. And so, um, that got me going to get to the doctor and getting the blood test because I, I mean, beyond respect for my dad and, and, and he said to do it. So I did it. And, when I first had the elevated in 2020, I was not overly concerned because the doctor was not overly concerned. I'm like, okay, because I'm really, I'm really not that educated on it at that point. Now, fast forward to 2021, when the, when the doc tells me, okay, you're 5.6, it's gone up dramatically. Chances are pretty high at this point. And, and every step along the way, it gets a whole lot more uh, stressful. And so prior to getting the diagnosis, I started looking into things primarily online. I mean, we live online and, uh, and I started looking at things and here's, I, I started to educate myself about what it was. And then talking to a few of my friends some people that I knew that had gone through it and had cancer, had the prostate cancer. But what started happening also, when I started paying attention more to that phrase prostate cancer and not, now my dad had had it, but but he got past that. But all of a sudden, every time I hear prostate cancer, it's another man dying. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to death, really, prior to getting the, the uh, diagnosis. And then, it, then I get the diagnosis and, you know, I, it kind of did send me for a tailspin. Max, I know that um, for me, even though my father died of it, my brother had it, and I always expected it was going to come and all the tofu in the world wouldn't have changed my diagnosis. It's still not great to hear you have prostate cancer. What do you remember 
what you were thinking at the moment they told you that? Yeah, I really do. Um, Leading up to it, I, I was concerned, obviously, that I was going to be diagnosed with prostate cancer because dad had it. And the, the cards were lining up that probably I was going to have it. But there's still that thing in the back of your mind, well, maybe I don't. And I felt like I was preparing myself. I felt like, okay, it, if it does come back and it says, yes, you have cancer, I'm going to be okay because I've prepared. You know, my wife was the one who got the call because I was in the middle of something and I missed the call. And so she was, you know, I came in, came into the house and, and she told me and I was floored. I, I had no idea that emotionally it was going to, it was going to rock me the way it did. And, you know, I, I was, I was, I was in tears like, damn, I, wow. Because, uh, you know, again, I feel like I've got, yeah, I've gone through this journey to get to that particular point. And the journey up to that point was highly emotional and nerve wracking to me. And I, and now I'm like starting another chapter of this very emotional roller coaster, physical roller coaster. I know that I know that I'm going to be in pain. I know that there's possibilities on the backside of it, the, 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 the side effects of, of sexual dysfunction and incontinence and whatever those are, those are looming large. So the amount of the, 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 it was, it was a bombshell to me for a little while. It really was. And, and uh, we talked about the battling of it all. The emotional battle was what was, was really tough because you just, I don't, I, I mean, it's cancer and that's not a good word. It's just a bad word and yeah. cancer, so many things and, and has so, so many potential implications. I always thought cancer was what other people got. Yeah, exactly. Not me. And exactly. so when it was me and I said, I have cancer, I had to say those words to myself. I right. have cancer. Oh mm-hmm. my God. In my case, I just have to say every time I take in my test and my biopsy, they always just, emailed me or the or faxed me the results and you're negative 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 i got a phone call this time it says i think you need to come in and i knew there's no reason why i have to come in if you're telling me i'm fine what pathway did you choose i had a radical prostatectomy i wanted it out of my system right and i've spoken to so many men and the guys who wanted it out of their system just said man i'm not interested in seeds i just wanted it out of here and some said i didn't want to go through that what pathway did you choose I did the same exact thing, the radical prostatectomy. And for the exact same reason was it's got to be gone. I can't because, you know, they, they kind of give you the three or gave me the, the, the three options. We can we can sit and watch, which I've got cancer. It doesn't make any sense. to me. I, you just I don't think you can convince me of that deal. And then and then or I can do the seeds, the, the radiation seeds and um I had, I was fortunate though, that I did have ended up with a really good surgeon. That I think it was fantastic. And I really, it was one of those things. Oh, he always asked that, what would you do? And, and his deal was I'd absolutely take it out. And for, for, and he would not just because of we want it gone, but he rationally, there was rationale behind it. You're, you're 46 years old. You're, you know, the concentration is highly concentrated concentrated at the wall, essentially. And we don't want to take the, you're young now and it, with radiation, then we run into 
a lot of other problems with the seeds where you're going to affect your bladder and, and a lot of all of the other things that now you're going to compound problems and just push them off for later on. And even though I was there listening to the other options, my mind had been made up. I, I just want it gone. That's, that's all there was to it. So Max, tell me, um, because we do live very different lives in New York and, and, and you're out there and, and you're a cowboy. How does, how does uh, being a cowboy uh, factor into any of this? Well, I mean, and let me, let me clarify. Cowboy in the traditional sense, you're out working, you know, riding the range and you're, you're gathering cattle, working cattle and all that. And, and though I've done a lot of that, my life as Cowboy Max is, is I'm a goat, I'm a goat rancher. So how does it affect, how did the whole prostate cancer affect it? I mean, it was, I, you know, once you have the surgery, obviously you're down for quite a while. My, like, you know, my, my daily activities revolve around me picking things up and pulling things and, you know, doing things. And, and uh, there were many months where I couldn't do that. And, um, and the same thing with the, the heart issues I was having, I, you know, there's there's about a year of my life right there that I was I was down, uh, just couldn't do anything. How did? And I've been very honest with my side effects. I've spoken about them on my podcast. I've spoken about this with Rob Halford. I've spoken about it with other cancer survivors. You know, because you just do. And I didn't talk about it at first because I was embarrassed about everything. You know, like you just talk about. It. You need to talk about this stuff. Did um my my uh, side effects were, were tough you know um i didn't have it at the age of 45 46 i was much older they say that when you're younger and you have radical prostatectomy your ability to come back from um erectile dysfunction for example is easier it can come back because the nerves will regenerate faster and you can have a a more normal uh, uh sex life can you elaborate a little bit on that and I got to say, listening to your podcast, I appreciate the honesty because I think, darn it, men, men just, you know, we're thick skulled. You got you to get through there. And, and honesty is the only way, you know, the blunt honesty is the only way to get there. And so, yes. So obviously those were the huge concerns. Incontinence and sexual dysfunction. I'm like, you know, that's, <laughs> you're hitting right at the manhood uh, of everything. And so major concerns. So there was a couple of things that, that went on in the, in the early stages that, that was all part of the decision of, are we going to go ahead and go through this? Because there are the major risk that you are going to have erectile dysfunction and you are going to have incontinence. And so in my process, I started out with one surgeon and she actually transferred from one hospital to the VA. And so she, um, she recommended me to another doctor, her mentor, because I couldn't go to the VA initially it was like, you know what, we're not taking any chances because of the location of the cancer so close to the, to the wall, we're going to have to take the nerves out on that side. And that's the thing that, you know, once you remove the nerves, then the erectile dysfunction is a guaranteed kind of thing. And so, you know, it was a hard conversation, but also, you know, like my, like my wife always says, better than the alternative. Because can we stop right there? What you just said, you're choosing to live first, right? That's yes. the first choice you make when you're dealing with this kind of stuff, man. If you don't understand that your first choice is life, you're a family 
person, you got kids, you got spouse. If they're supportive of you, your job is to live, bro. Right. Number one. Yep. Right. So, so you said to yourself, that's my choice. I'm going to live no matter what. That's a hundred percent the choice you have to make. And, and I think, I think you can lose sight of that. The idea is that I have a, I have a, a wife, I have kids, I have family, I have friends, I have people that love me, that need me, that want me in their life. And it's not just about me. And it's kind of a, it's a, it's a difficult conversation to have with yourself, but at the same time, it's much better than the alternative. So that was the, that was the thing when I first met with that surgeon, she said, I'm, I, we're just going to have to take the nerves out on this side. We can spare them on the other side and we can cross our fingers and hope. And we just settled in on that. My wife and I are like, okay, let's, let's do it. And then the transfer happened. I went over to the cancer center with a new surgeon there. And he says, you know what? He says, I'm going to do everything I can uh, to spare the nerves as much as I possibly can. And he says, I won't know until I get in there. Once I get in there, I'll be able to tell um, the situation. So I'm all for that. That's great. So fast forward to this. And I got to tell you, and I think a lot of, you know, it's a, it's, it's a combination. I had an incredible surgeon and I'm young. So I, I, I have issues, but, but my, my sexual function is it's there. So it, it all works. And uh, maybe it doesn't work as well as it did, but it, everything works fantastically. And the recovery is progressing. Did you ever say to yourself, I have no intention to talk about my issues? Or did you feel that once you got better, you needed to educate people? What was your thinking as far as that was concerned? You know, I, this, this, uh, a lot of it, during the, when the pandemic hit, I got in, into TikTok. My kids got me to do TikTok because I was just kind of goofy that way. And I do funny things and whatever. And uh, so I got into that deal and the world's going through crazy stuff. And it always has been. But this, the last few years have been nuts. And uh, people need something. They need a relief. They need an outlet. You know, and, and for, for whatever reason, that was happening for me with my TikTok influence and doing what I was doing, just my everyday life of hanging out with my goats and, and looking at the mountains and drinking coffee and, and just doing things. And what I started to realize was there's a need that people have for, for something. I don't, I, I don't know what it is that I'm giving exactly, but people were drawn to it and felt good about it. And it did, it did give me this platform because all of a sudden I realized, you know, I watched dad go through some horrible this is the the strongest most vibrant man that i've ever known and and i thought he was invincible even at 40 years old i my my dad is still invincible and i saw cancer crush him and and the, the words that he told me he said don't do what i did don't wait until you're 70 years old to go to a doctor because at that point it's too late and, and he said the same thing. And that what I've heard is with cancer, most thing, most cancer, if you catch it earlier, early enough, you have a chance. And that, I mean, it resonated with me. And, and it got me to thinking because, you know, so many people, so many men are this way where we just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with problems. But 
had like, you know, my, my surgeon, had I not started, you know, there's no reason for me to have started going getting blood tests prior to being 50 years old. That's the, that's the marker. That's always been the marker. You don't have to worry about getting your PSA or prostate checked until you're 50. Well, 40 is the new 50 now. I mean, and that's the thing I wanted to, I said, I've got a kind of a platform. People need something there. I think there's an opportunity to be able to make an impact on people's lives. And that's, you know, prostate cancer, we say, well, that's a man's disease. It affects the, it affects everybody, right? It's it, the, the, the parents, the, the wives, the kids, the whole thing, because people love us. Somebody out there loves us. And I just felt like with my influence on TikTok, I never did say, I'm going to zip my lips about this and not talk about it. I said, I think I've got an opportunity to impact somebody's life and maybe I don't know, maybe save somebody's life. And because I think my dad saved my life. Um, with, it's, with, a, it's a cliche that we, someone says, if I can just change one life, but you want to know something? As much of a cliche as that is, I say to myself with every interview, if just one guy says to himself, you know what? I, I, should, I shouldn't, I, I got to get checked today. I, I just should do this. If just one person does it, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. You got to be out there. You have to put it out there, which is why I, then I went completely the other way and said, I'm going to tell everybody the story. I'm going to yeah. scream it to the top. I, you know, Rob Halford, he said to me, I have to talk about it. And Rob Halford is, you know, Judas Priest, you know, right? right. We're all supposed to be invincible, but we're not invincible. We're not invincible. Oh. And, and we have families that we have to think of. And, and besides all that other stuff, this is why we do what we do. And so you, without hesitation, dove in and said, I'm going to use this platform. And, and I did. I tried to document every step of the way as much as I could, you know, from, from drinking the, the nasty shake before the, you know, the, the biopsy or in, and all of the, you know, every step along the way, the surgeries and after surgery and the, and the and oh, by the way, I got so much more content because my heart's failing at the same time. So I'm doing, I'm doing both at the same time. Like, hey, but um, yeah, I think that the, I guess the reality for me in that deal too was like, wait a minute, the initial steps for us as guys when it comes to prostate cancer, it's a blood test. And I didn't know that beforehand, before all of this happened, you know, my, my view of this was always, you know, the finger um, exam. And then nobody, no, I never wanted to do that. How about that? Um, I never wanted to do that, but, but it's the blood test. That's the initial deal. And I think, I think we're all, we're strong enough to get a blood test, you know, and uh, if that's, if it's that simple, gosh, to, again, what's the alternative? Yeah. Go get blood drawn or, or I find out 10 years down the road that I'm too late. Tell me today. How do you feel when you get up out of bed today? Now, I feel fantastic. <laughs> it's that whole thing is the what's the alternative, you know, even even if I'm not feeling great today, I'm alive, man. <laughs> I, I, I survived the, the prostate surgery. I survived the heart surgeries. I, I'm still kicking another day. And and I, I got to say, I do very often go, you know, pat myself on the shoulder. Good job way to go for going ahead and listening, finally listening to your dad and paying attention to something and going and do, doing something about it. Because, because I, I wake up and my wife is there. I wake up, my kids are there. I wake up, my, my goats are there. You know, my life is there. And so 
it, it worked out just the way it was supposed to. And again, good. where you and I are similar, the death of my father to prostate cancer is what made me aware of prostate yeah. cancer. So we owe this to our fathers, and that's something we should be uh, grateful for. Uh, this show is brought to you by Zero Prostate Cancer, brought to you by Bayer, who has been instrumental in educating men, um, and because they want to zero out prostate cancer. They want to end it, and we share that. Um, doesn't matter where we're from or what our uh, occupations are. We share, we have a shared goal, and that is to instruct and help people learn and hopefully prevent dying from prostate cancer. So with that, Max, I'd like to thank you so much for being on the show and good luck to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for all y'all are doing. And uh, that's it. As I always say, have a good day. You've been listening to Prostate Cancer Uncensored, a podcast produced by Zero, the end of prostate cancer. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Bayer. To learn more about prostate cancer and to download more episodes of Prostate Cancer Uncensored, go to zerocancer.org.